but yeah, you've built a life here and it's scary to leave that behind. I mean, again, especially doubly scary because you're like, oh, let's leave the country. Yeah. In fairness, though, this country's not doing too hot. Yeah, I don't really like America. I've like experienced America. <laughs> I gave it a shot. I don't want to try something new. (laughs) And I don't think many people would blame you. You're going to get one person in the comments of this being like, America is the greatest country in the world. (laughs) We spend $70 million a day on the Pentagon. (laughs) The Pentagon is the best shape. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, party people? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Um, Hi. I think I'm going to start uh, starting these off with kind of a little uh, where am I at mentally? How am I doing? Because the whole the whole point of this thing is kind of learning how to be a better human, I guess. So maybe I should show you guys whether it's working or not. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I've realized that. I romanticize being a piece of shit so much. Like, I love staying up until four in the morning and then waking up the next day at, like, noon and just only making coffee and smoking cigarettes in front of my apartment and looking at people walking outside like, you guys just don't get it. (laughs) You guys just don't get what life is all about. Life is all about destroying yourself and feeding into the darkness. Wow. I mean, not really. I'm a, I think I'm a, I think I ride the, the line between dark and light pretty well as far as my perspective on things. But I'm real, I'm getting kind of sick of being a piece of shit, you know? Like it works really well as a, as a stand up comedian to, um, just kind of spend my my mornings being shitty, but but being funny about it, and then I get to go go on stage at night and get that all the good feels, all the laughs, the things that I can take home with me, and then make it okay to be a piece of shit again in the morning. But I have a nine to five now, and this just isn't working for me. So. I guess I'll keep you guys updated. I'm going to try to stop stop glorifying the piece of shit lifestyle. <laughs> and maybe I I maybe I'll try to romanticize responsibility and working out and drinking enough water. But that sounds kind of boring, doesn't it? Ugh, god. Anyways, what what's happening today in the podcast is I've got Alex Church here with me. We uh we met two years ago when we were both serving at Applebee's. He's a dabbled in stand-up comedy, much more of a theater guy, was the the leading man, not the leading man, they were all kind of equal in the sketch comedy group Fool's Errand, which unfortunately fell apart during COVID. Otherwise I would be a part of it. Man. <laughs> But regardless, we have a really good conversation today. Um, I uh, Al- Alex is just moved to New Jersey for the summer, and then he's moving to Chicago. Um, so he's out. He left Minneapolis. He's out doing his thing, and 
I'm planning on moving somewhere else in like a year, maybe. Um, I was really set on leaving as soon as possible, uh, like a few months ago, but I'm really starting to realize how much I love Minneapolis and I love the, the connections and the, the artistic scenes around me. And it's making me be like, well, well, maybe I, I could stay, <laughs> but I know that I'm not going to see the growth in myself as a person and myself as a, a creative person, unless I push myself to set out and go somewhere different and see how that changes me and my perspective. And I'm really excited that Alex is out there doing that. So I, I talked to him about how, how do you move on kind of, and just like leave everything behind? Like, how do you leave the, the safety bubble of being in college, being in the city you've spent the last four years in and just take on something new? So we are leaving the the relationship topics, but in a way, it kind of feels like a good evolution, like moving on from a person, moving on from a whole city. Like it's not it's not that different. They become a part of your identity and it's hard to decide that you can be someone new and go out and do it on your own when you found comfort in a place, a person cigarettes. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm scared to stop being a piece of shit because I've really found comfort in being that person. Um, anyways, let's get into this conversation with Alex Church. speech like all throughout high school yeah and then theater throughout like the end of high school mm -hmm. and then you didn't go to the university of minnesota right away did you you transferred no i did i didn't want to but i did mm -hmm. when i applied for colleges i originally wanted to be a screenwriter yeah that was the original dream and then everybody every place that i applied to that i got into didn't give me enough money there was a whole Zabumafu, where my mom, like, I love the word Zabumafu. I'm going to add that to my vocabulary. <laughs> I, it can mean anything. It's like the name of a lemur from yeah, the Crab Brothers. <laughs> I love that show so much. And I've just uh, I've just adopted it to me in absolute That's insanity. That's a takeaway from this. Yeah. <laughs> Zabumafu, <laughs> the name of the episode. <laughs> but my mom, like, messed up the financial aid. And so, like, I got waitlisted to a couple schools. To me. I, isn't it because so my parents didn't go to college and they didn't understand how FAFSA works yeah, my, parents, like my parents would yell at me they would be like why the fuck do you need to know how much money is in our HMO and I'm like I'm just filling out the form <laughs> oh my god I didn't mean to <laughs> my dad's like they don't need this much information well I can't go to college <laughs> I, it's not my fault <laughs> so I originally wanted to go for screenwriting and then Places I got into didn't give me enough money or any money. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fine. I'll do my backup. I'll go to the U of M and I'll be pre-med. <laughs> that was my fallback. I let my whole dream go. 
I was 18 and I was making the best choices. Um, and then I showed up and I like took a bunch of STEM classes first semester and I fucking hated it. Yeah. I hated it so much. I was like planning on transferring schools. I was like, just going to quit. Like I was like, this is awful. And so I did that first semester. And then second semester, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I hated first semester. I have plenty of time. I've got lots of credits built up from high school. I'm just going to take fun stuff, the stuff that I want to take. And I did. And it was a lot of, I took like an acting class. I took a theater class, like a general intro. Um, and I took like creative writing, uh, like an arts class. And it was, it was the best semester. I was like, this is so much, this is what this is supposed to feel like. I think, um, and if not, I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I had, like, a very similar experience of it was, like, I hate college and I hate school. Where it was just, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm doing this. And then it, it, it is because you're kind of trying to put yourself in a box that you just mm -hmm. don't fit in. It's, like... <laughs> you're, like, trying to... You're squeezing yourself in there and, like, yeah. I will be a doctor. I will. <laughs> it's, like, bro, these genes do not fit yeah <laughs> choose something else and it was like i went over to graphic design like when i transferred to the year and like that like moving into something that actually like required creativity mm -hmm. was a lot better for me but it like it still didn't feel like it was it yeah you know? but eventually we. what are you now what are you now are you doing a bis i forget so <laughs> you should if you're not i should be the so yeah i because you know i went to hamlin um was doing neuroscience there which was really cool but like just the science i just don't like i don't <laughs> like to do research like that um transfer to the u graphic design and I, I i consider myself to be more of a designer but now i'm doing psychology so i can finish a year early but <laughs> i don't want to do any of that yeah <laughs> I am now I'm doing creative copywriting at Best Buy with the hopes that I can do jobs and writing when I graduate. Yeah. It's just been a whole thing. It's just been, I've been all over the place. So what's your like actual major right now? Psychology. Psychology. I just don't like saying that because it doesn't feel like me. I was going to say that doesn't like track with you and what I know of you. Yeah. If anything, it makes me pretty sad that I'm like graduating with something I just don't give a fuck about. Dude, do the BIS. <laughs> see, look into the BIS. I'm telling it's you. It's too late. It's not. I only have two semesters left. You can try, you can semester. add it. Oh, you only have one. Okay. Then it is too late. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. It's over for me. <laughs> I'm dead. But it looks like it went well for you. <laughs> <laughs> about you. I'm going to leave here and you're just going to like walk and lay down Fuck. on the highway. <laughs> no, I, but I am really happy with how school has gone for me because the extracurricular stuff has taught me so much more about what I want to do with my life than like yeah. my actual, and like a lot of classes for me, even though like the major that I'm getting isn't really what I want to do. Like it actually was my speech class that made me do stand up. Like that I like, like, I mean, it was... There was a lot of things that guided me, guided me into trying stand up, but I don't think I would have had the confidence to get up on stage and do it if I wasn't doing speech that semester. Because I like yeah. made like a funny speech and was making people laugh, and I was like, oh, "Fuck! Like, can, <laughs> can I actually do this?" I've got it. I've got oh, the skill. Honestly, but like sometimes I do just kind of feel like going to college was a bit useless. From but it's like I got so much out of it. Mm -hmm. But like what. I want to do next as a performer. I could have been doing just like way more hardcore without college for the yeah. last four years. 
Do you ever feel like that? Or do you feel like it's been really valuable? I definitely do. Cause I, there's a lot of like, especially among like people who make it big in theater and performance, yeah. I hear a lot of debate over whether or not like going to college is even worth it. And having now officially gone to college, I think that like the biggest things that you gain are like, um, like you gain the connections, you meet all sorts of people. Like you and I would never have met if yeah. even one of us hadn't gone to college. Unless we worked at Applebee's. Yeah, unless no. we happened to <laughs> arrive at the same Applebee's. <laughs> but like you make all these connections, you get access to these resources, like yeah. to rent material, to make a podcast. Like you wouldn't have that without. And so it gives you, like, I really think college is what you make of it. And if you're not having a good time, it's because not, not like it's your fault, but <laughs> just like there are, there are so many people working to like give you a good experience yeah. and just like that like combining with the right set of circumstances i think that you can either get a whole lot out of college you can just skate by or you can have an awful time yeah and like where you fall on that isn't entirely in your control but which yeah i do think college is kind of what taught me to be resourceful and to figure it out because it was like my actual classes weren't giving me what i needed so i started seeking elsewhere and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had access to like improv yeah. <laughs> and like comedy club and like, like certain like professors that have helped me a lot. Like, And imagine being just this dumbass little 18 year old, just this stupid pile of trash, just wandering through the world, like trying to rent your first apartment. Like, do I buy a couch? Do I get a futon? <laughs> what do I do? And then like all the while also trying to figure out who you are and also mm -hmm. trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. It is kind of nice just being in, like, a little bubble for a while that, like, makes it safe to figure out what's next. Which is such a – it's such a privileged yeah. thing because, like, if you can't afford college, then you obviously can't enter that bubble. But you like, can't get the loans to put it yeah, your back. If your parents are yelling at you at 3 a.m. because you're asking how much money is in yeah. their savings account. <laughs> but I think – like you can get a lot out of college and I feel like like you, even though you don't feel like your degree is what you want to do necessarily, like yeah. that's the other thing that college taught me is that everybody is working in something that their degree isn't. Yeah. Very like few people. Like a lot of, I have like a, like a design mentor and like kind of one of the things he told me is like your degree doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. <laughs> But you have to be initiated enough to find what you want. Like mm -hmm. having a having a four year degree is really helpful in providing opportunities because it shows that you could accomplish something. But that's kind of all it is. It's like like oh you made it through college. Mm -hmm. I mean like there's obviously certain things where it's like if I wanted to, but you can even go to men's school with like a English degree. Yeah, <laughs> like it's just. It's just a piece of paper, huh? <laughs> it really is. It's just like proof that you've existed for an extra four years on your own. Everything's about paper. <laughs> I wrote a stand-up bit. It was a bit ago about how like, I lost my social security card and my birth certificate. So now Ooh. I don't exist. <laughs> Went to college for four years. The only evidence I have is a fucking piece of paper. <laughs> but now everything's digital. <laughs> I'm excited. I feel like... It, this ties in really well to like the advice that I wanted for this week. And like, we can like lay it on me. I've, I've noticed like it. Cause like what I was doing with this podcast is like splitting in half, like first half interview, second half, like we're talking about the advice, but it's all so intertwined that it doesn't like, 
really matter? What you- I saw a man walk past the window. <laughs> Sometimes strange men walk past my windows. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's just like, it's all one and the same. So we'll, we'll keep coming back to yeah. you. But like, I, I want to introduce the advice right now. So the last two episodes, I kind of talked about like relationship stuff. Um, and this is like semi-related, but it's also a lot more topical to kind of like where both of us are at in life right now. Like, like having like the courage to like let the past go and move forward. Because it is like really scary that we're both leaving like the college bubble where mm-hmm. we had all of this like safety mm-hmm. um, and like a lot of like relationships where you have safety, like, like, like we both had like a lot of like good friends that it's like, you're leaving behind. Like you're about to move to Philadelphia, Chicago, Ch- Chicago, no, Small difference. Like, wherever the summer. Oh, for the summer, I'm going to New Jersey. For the summer, you're going to New Jersey and then you're moving to Chicago. Like, yeah. You're letting, leaving this like whole life that you built for yourself and moving on because you know that's what you need and what's good, which is very like kind of how I feel like I'm leaving this, like a a certain life behind and entering something new. Yeah. As we are always doing. Mm -hmm. And how are you feeling about that? I guess. For me, that's really something that I've been wrestling a lot with this last year because like on the one hand, I've been like, oh, my God, I want to be done with college. Yeah. <laughs> Let me free. <laughs> and then on the other hand, like, with the pandemic and everything, I feel like I've really, like, kind of lost just a huge yeah. portion of my experience. Um, and so many projects that I wanted to do that had to get canceled that now I can't do because I don't have the same resources or people. Um, but it's like... I think, and uh, on top of that, for me personally, this last year, like one of my pandemic gifts that the universe gave me was this brand new, really strange anxiety where, <laughs> where I just can't, like I keep on getting caught in these cycles of like going over my past mistakes and like things that I said that I shouldn't have or things that I did that I shouldn't have. Yeah. And it's like this new thing that I just I really, really wrestled with for a long time in the pandemic. So when you talk about letting go of the past, <laughs> that really... Uh, it's kind of hard when your brain's like, no, let's think about it all the yeah. time. <laughs> it's like, you need a medication to, to turn off these thoughts. Um, but it's something that I... I mean, the thing that I keep coming back to is that, like, reevaluating what I want for my life... Um, something like ever since I was a little kid, I always wanted to have a very like transitory life where I was like living in this city for a little bit and living in this city for yeah. a little bit. I always thought that was exciting or like jumping from project to project to project, like not really the idea of like being tied down in a nine to five and then like going home every day to my loving spouse and children is horrendous to me. Same. That is horrifying. I, I, I can't stand it. It's so awful. And why do you think that is? Like, where do you think that came from? For me, I know that it's because growing up, like that was the life that my parents had. And I thought it was so goddamn boring. Yeah. I thought it was awful. It was like, again, they would go to work. They would like pick us up from daycare and then we would sit at home. We would like watch TV, maybe do like some cleaning projects. And I hated it. I wanted to be like out. I wanted to do things. I wanted to see my friends. I wanted to be in clubs. 
And then when I got to like live my own life and work in my own choices, like that was what I did. Like my first two years of college, I would leave home at 8 a.m. and I wouldn't get home until 10 p.m. Yeah. And then I would do homework until 3 a.m. And then I would go to bed (laughs) and I was loving it. I loved it. Right. Highly caffeinated, oh half God. drunk almost all the time. <laughs> a little bit of an Adderall addiction. <laughs> for you or for me? For me. I was like, that's not my story. <laughs> Maybe I'm projecting. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I 100%, I, I have been on the same shit. Like, since I have, like, left my parents' home, it's like, go, go, go. So excited. And so, like, it's just starting new things, new projects, like, wanting... Like I did transferred schools out of mm-hmm. kind of that motivation, like new, I want something bigger. And I'm like all excited, like I can't wait to move to a new city. But now that it's actually coming, I feel scared. Yeah. Or do you feel like it's just still a part of that cycle, like the being ready for the next? I'm terrified. I, that was like with this move, with the New Jersey thing, I'm like, I'm going there for a couple months. I know that there's a deadline. I know that I'm coming, or I knew that I was coming back. It's an arts management internship. That's kind of cool, yeah. It's like the business side of running a theater company. So oh, like fun. contracts and HR stuff. Like Good to learn. Yeah, I think it like just for me personally, it'll be a good skill to have. And even if I hate it, I'm going to be on the beach all summer. Yeah, so yeah. suck my dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, new podcast. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like New Jersey, like there's like a deadline. There's a deadline. I know that I'm coming back. And then with Chicago, we, I w- originally, I was like, no, I want to stay in Minneapolis. I want to stay here for at least like a year after college, like use my connections, work in a city that stay I'm comfortable safe. with. Yeah. Stay safe for a little bit longer and then take the plunge. Um, and then my future roommates and I had like a conversation where we were like, oh yeah, we don't have to stay here if we don't want to. And I've always wanted to move to Chicago at some point. So like for that specific instance, it's like a, this is something that I want to do. Why not just do it now? Yeah. Like I'm, if I don't do it, I feel like between the two choices, I will regret doing, not doing it more than I will regret doing it. Yeah. Cause you know, if it goes bad, you can always move back. Like there is like this home here that has been created and you've got it now. Yeah, no matter what, like, that's not something that goes away. I'm not going to, like, leave for five years and come back and then be like, oh, what am I doing? The city is gold now. <laughs> like, everybody's gone. <laughs> I'm the last person on earth. I feel like it more feels like that if you stay here because it's almost like everybody you know starts moving away. Yeah. Kind of like, well, why am I still here? And that's the, that's the other thing of like post-grad stuff. Like you want to stay where you're comfortable and like kind of understand your life post-grad, but also the longer that you're here, the more entrenched you become in the city. So like, if you're planning, if you want to leave, like for me, I'm just saying like, do it now. Go. (laughs) Because where would you go? Where do you want to go? I am. I want to move to Berlin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, really bad. I'm in between. But, like, the only things holding me back are that kind of fear of, like, what's next and, like, leaving everything behind. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I just, I don't really see many negatives besides, like, getting a, like, getting a job is something that would have to be figured out beforehand (laughs) and, like, making sure it was possible and, like, getting um, work visas and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But everything I want is there. 
and I really want to have, um, I feel like, I, I do feel like you can't really stop learning about the world. Like if I, if I, like I even like, like moving to Chicago will be like a big experience. Like you'll learn so much about yourself and everything around you. Mm. And I feel like living my whole life in uh, Minnesota, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> like I just want to toss myself into some new water and see what I, what I learn. Um, I will say moving to like Berlin is like I, Chicago is like level B scary. Yeah. Moving to Berlin is level A scary. Yeah. Cause it's like a continent and a different yeah. country. It's like crossing an ocean. Yeah. That's a lot. You have to get on a plane. It's like a thousand dollar plane ticket. If I get scared and homesick. <laughs> yeah. So like, I understand the trepidation, but also you've, you studied abroad over there. Like, you know what that's like. I didn't study like. abroad, but I went to London. Oh, that's right. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I've been to Europe for a week and a half and I'm, it's I the the way that I've rationalized it is that no matter what it's going to be scary. Yeah. And it's just a difference of if I stay if I stayed here another year, the only thing that it's going to become is more scary because then I'm yeah. more comfortable here. And the other thing is, I don't know about how you feel, but I don't want to stay in Minneapolis. Yeah. I've never pictured this as my forever city. Yeah. Um, not that Chicago is a forever city for me, but just like I know for a fact that this is not where I want to put my roots down. Definitely. And so, again, it's like, what's stopping me then? Like, why would I stay here for longer than I want to? Yeah. And I kind of noticed, like, like in back in my relationship, <laughs> we're all, we're bringing it back to the relationship. Guys. It always comes around. <laughs> but I think what really started to freak me out was, like, I was starting to think, Oh, I could stay here for a while. <laughs> I'm so comfortable. I'm you got digmatized. <laughs> like I could, I could stay when I just like, I know deep in my soul, that's not what I want. Like yeah. I want to like see a lot more before I decide like I'm comfortable. And it's really scary to like put yourself in a zone of discomfort. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I think, do I need to do that? Like, why do we feel like we have to be? But no, no, I, I don't know. I just sometimes I'm like, why do I not want to be comfortable? I think it's like the growth zone. Like you don't ever really learn about yourself by staying where you're comfortable. Yeah. You learn more about yourself by being, taking risks and like plunging into the unknown. Like I never had I like never done theater or whatever, like I would, I would be a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing of, for me personally, the philosophy that I always come back to is like, I don't want my life to be ruled by fear. Yeah. Like I don't want, I would rather regret doing something than regret not doing it. And with like moving on and leaving a graduation city, like that was not a sentence. <laughs> Moving on and leaving graduation city. <laughs> it's like Roku City, but it's just da, 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 da. that's the wedding song. Uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, you don't learn anything about yourself by staying where you're comfortable. Yeah. Like I guess I think if like how dramatically I've changed in like like there was like Winona Emma mm-hmm. and then moved to St. Paul Emma and even moving to Minneapolis Emma like those are all major changes but like while I was in the in the place I was growing but mm-hmm. it was like once you go to a new place it's such rapid growth yeah but then it like it's stagnant and then it's like next place 
when did when do you decide to stop? I think it's when yeah. (laughs) When do you where where have we gone wrong? (laughs) I I don't know because I think speaking from my own life experience, like my mom, my entire life, my mom is from the Twin Cities, um, and then she moved to Moorhead to go to college. And while she was there, she met my dad, got pregnant with me, and then ended up staying there for 22 years. Yeah. And every day of my childhood, she told me, do not stay here. Do not stay in this town. Like, get out of this city. Leave here. Be gone. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that was really foundational for me of, like, I saw in my mind what it looked like when somebody was stuck and uncomfortable and just could not be there. So I think that's why I reach for discomfort because I don't like, I'm so afraid of that, of being stuck. I think it's like a very similar thing for me because my, like my parents, like they couldn't leave and like, they would always, they didn't have like enough money, you Um, know, and they could have, that's the thing. I feel like they could have made things happen, made a big change, but when you have a kid, when you're like 20, it's, you want to stay somewhere where you kind of understand how yeah. it works. I think, um, you don't want to throw them into the middle of the ocean yeah. and like survive, <laughs> figure it out. Um, and it was just, uh, the thing is like, I, I don't think it's a hundred percent related to staying in the same place, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think, but like growing up where you see your parents kind of being, being stuck in their situation, it does create this like kind of fire to like never let that happen to you. Yeah. And I was wanting to be on the move almost. Yeah. You don't want to stay still. Being still is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that explains a lot about us. Yeah. <laughs> about being still. Um, a mental health thing that yeah. I kind of want to bring up that's mm-hmm. related to this. Uh, and if like we, if you don't want to talk about this, we can <laughs> No, I'm stop. fine. Um, I know we both struggle with mania (laughs) and where do you feel like that kind of ties in with, cause I sometimes make really dramatic decisions really fast about what I'm going to do next. You know, that is always my fear where it's like, sometimes I'm like, do I actually want to do this? Or is this a fucking like, just like a manic, like, uh, mania taking over my brain but yeah. also I kind of feel like my mania is a part of me so I I, I am okay with listening to it mm-hmm. but I mean your move to Chicago makes a ton of sense and it's like logical it's not like you're graduating college you're like going and getting an internship and then you're going to Chicago because everything that you need is there um, but do you ever have any fears that it's guiding your life more than you realize. Literally every second of my day. <laughs> Anytime I make, I could be picking out a soda at the grocery store and I'm like, is this a manic choice? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, and part of that I think is because that whole side of myself is so new to me. Yeah. And <laughs> but like, not really. It's like, it was totally always there. I just wasn't yeah, aware like, of it. <laughs> like looking back now, I can recognize the times where I was up until 4am writing my fifth movie script of the week. <laughs> and I'm like, that was not a normal 15 year old behavior. <laughs> but I, I don't know. Like it's, I, again, part of it is because it's so new to me and I'm still figuring out what exactly that looks like for me. Yeah. The other part of it is that I like, thanks to many different medications, like I have it mostly under control now, which is nice. 
Um, and so now, like any time where I'm like this Chicago decision, literally we had the conversation about it. I said, no, I want to stay in the cities. I thought about it for two days and texted them. Fuck it. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> and afterwards I was like, was that a manic episode? <laughs> Am I entering an upswing? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's definitely like, yeah, you're right. It's, it's even the way it's a part of you still. It's like. And once you have that seed implanted, like it's so hard to shake it out. It's like when I buzzed my hair, it was like two days before I did it, the seed was planted. And then I was like, I'm never going to be okay if I don't just do it. <laughs> the hair is going to grow reverse into my brain if I don't buzz it off. Oh my God. Yeah. And like one thing, like one of my like, therapists said to me was even people who are manic, like when you make a snap decision, You've, you've been thinking about it, though. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, like, you know what you want out of life. And so, like, you sh- I'm sure you were, like, kind of ruminating over Chicago for a while. Yeah. So it was, like, when the opportunity was there, it feels like a quick decision. But, like, you know yourself. And yeah. you're making a decision that will hopefully be right for you. A phrase that I've come back to a lot in my long, illustrious 22 years of life <laughs> is you can only do the best that you can with the information you have at the time. Yeah. And I feel like that's true with, especially with like leaving college and entering this next phase of your life. Like I have no idea what the future is going to hold. I have no idea if I'm going to find a job. I have no idea if I'm going to love Chicago. I have no idea about any of that. But what I do know is I don't like it here. (laughs) 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 And I want something different. Yeah. It feels right. Yeah. It feels like it is a logical next step. And I can always change my mind. I can always, like, get a subleaser and leave halfway through if I need to. I'm not going to, Meredith and Henry. But, (laughs) (laughs) like, in case of emergency, that's something that can happen. Like, you – I feel like my grandma once said to me that at our age, it feels like every decision we make is either going to make us rich or kill us. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, and it, everything feels so permanent. Everything feels so like, I will be here for 14 years. Yeah. Even though you're signing a six month lease, like you're getting an Airbnb and you're like, like such a big deal. <laughs> That's why I have a friend who's like hemming and hawing over whether or not to come down here for like a day, like a day trip. And I'm like, bitch, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it. It's a day trip. And they're like, oh, oh I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to spend some money. I'll have to drive. What if something comes up? What if I have to go to the hospital? I have to ask my parents. Honestly. That's like kind of like, if I I feel like every time I like trust my gut and I make a decision that like feels impulsive and it feels like it's like a big deal. My roommates are here. Oh, <laughs> I was like, excuse me. Ghosts. <laughs> and like, it feels like a really big deal. It usually ends up making me really happy. Mm-hmm. Cause it just, it kind of feels like, I mean, it's like, maybe like we really don't, we don't know anything, but if we're, if we're not listening to what we want to do, then what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. Then what's the point? Cause it's like, you're always going to find something else to be worried about. <laughs> Yeah. Like, why keep worrying about this thing? Let's go do the thing that feels good. Try something different. Yeah. Give it a shot. Yeah. I think for you with going to Berlin, 
you've been thinking about it for a long time. It's something that you've been craving for a while. Is it a big, big move? Yeah, absolutely. And I can understand, like, your fears around it are totally, they're not valid, actually. (laughs) They're totally fair. Yeah, you're just you're just a big old pussy. You're not wanting to move to P-U-S-S-Y. Berlin. S S Y. That spells Emma. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let's get serious again. Yes, please. Let's I go back. Like, I cross my legs like a librarian. Yeah, exactly the same. <laughs> I just need a little bandana. But I think I've got like stab it. <laughs> let me put it on. I'll wrap it around. <laughs> I think for you, it makes sense for you to make that move. You're somebody who I think thrives on a little bit of chaos from what I know of you. Um, Or at least if they don't thrive, like you can fake it, you know, like you can pretend. And is it like an expensive um, choice? Absolutely. Like you can't really deny that that's a, excuse me, big move. But in the end, like, I think you have to ask yourself, are you going to regret staying here more than you regret going? Yeah, for sure. It's like, because it's almost like when when you're, like, afraid of the unknown, it never becomes known. <laughs> that was deep, bro. Yeah, when t- you're afraid of the unknown, it never becomes known. I'm going to tattoo that on my hole. I literally have everything as a permanent tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but... Like, I think regret feels way worse than like, oops. Because then it's like. <laughs> Another pull quote. I think regret feels way better than like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I, I, again, I think, I really think that that's the thing is we've seen what it looks like when people feel stuck. Yeah. And we know that feeling. We know what it's like to feel trapped and not have any options. And is that feeling going to show up here for you where you can then eventually make that move if you want, or is it going to show up there for you where you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. This is an awful choice. But the difference is that you know that it's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the best that you can do is just try it someplace else. And if it doesn't work, you can move back. I think it's like, like now that I am like really leaning towards going, I, uh, but it's like I'm getting sad about leaving the, the things I have here, mm-hmm. like the community I have here. Like I've really fell in love with like the stand-up community. I love those people. Like they're awesome. And it's like I know you find, but we find this. We find what we need in new places. But yeah. I was gonna say, do you think you'd do stand-up in Berlin? Yeah, they have a big English stand-up scene there. I was gonna say, would you have to do it in German? Nah, dude, like, there's, like, a bunch of, because, like, there's a lot of English people who, or people who speak English who live in Berlin, like, a lot of, what are they called, expats, expatriates. Expats. <laughs> P-O-W's. Fuck <laughs> the patriots, but they, a lot of people move to Berlin, um, and they need entertainment. <laughs> so it's, like, I think I would find that again, but it's kind of, like, the emotional attachments to things. Like, there's a whole bunch of coffee shops here that I really fucking love. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to move to Berlin because I like the coffee here. <laughs> I'm never going to go to Mojo Coffee again. It's, But it's... I guess it's not really about the place because it's... We, we lose things all the time. Like, mm. like... Like, my... I, I, I miss... I really, really miss 
my ex-boyfriend, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not. But I know if I didn't leave that, I would feel way worse. It's the same thing. And it's like, he's still here. Like, it's not really about mm-hmm. the place, I guess. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I think I agree with you that it's just like... I mean, regardless of whether or not you like it here, you've built a life here. And it's really scary to abandon that. It kind of feels like if I was playing Minecraft and I took four years to build a big Minecraft castle, and it's then just you- like, delete the app! Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to... Great sound effect. Thank you. Uh, nope. There we go. Oh. Lollipop, lollipop, lollipop. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Copyright. Copyright. Damn it. Ayo, call back. Um, call back. <laughs> I'm being really shaky with the ice. I'm gonna call back. <laughs> oh, look at it. <laughs> oh, that's scary. It looks like a porcupine. I know. <laughs> it looks like a demon, like. Like being in the sound bars right now. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're gonna play it back, and in the background, I'll be like, "Oh my gosh!" If there's anybody here with us, say something, and they'll go, "Kill, kill, kill!" <laughs> oh wow! But yeah, you built a life here, and it's scary to leave that behind. I mean, again, especially doubly scary because you're like, "Oh, let's leave the country." Yeah. In fairness, though, this country's not doing too hot. Yeah, I'm like, I don't really like America. I've like experienced America. <laughs> I gave it a shot. I don't want to try something new. <laughs> and I don't think many people would blame you. Yeah. You're going to get one person in the comments of this being like, America is the greatest country in the world. <laughs> we spend $70 million a day on the Pentagon. <laughs> the Pentagon is the best shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hot take of all things. <laughs> ah, fuck. This was really, like, I really like everything that we've covered. This is nice. Like, I feel very like, oh, I'm excited for the future. (laughs) I'm glad. I feel like that's the best that you can be. Because, again, it's, we keep coming back to this, but just, like, stagnation is such, like, a huge foundational fear of mine. And it's part of the reason why I try and do 19 different things. Because I feel like if I get frustrated with one, okay, I'll put it down and move to something else for a little bit and then come back to it later. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same with cities and with moving and with this next phase of our lives where we're just, again, we're entering an age where we have to make choices for the first time about how we want to spend the rest of our lives. And it's terrifying. And it can either make us rich or kill us. <laughs> and there's nothing in between. <laughs> Mediocrity <laughs> is basically death. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. Name a podcast. Mediocrity is death. Really, though. Um... Okay, so like, what's next for you? <laughs> like, what's so you? Because you're committed. You know your next step. You know you're gonna be in New Jersey and mm-hmm. then in Chicago. Chicago. What's your plan for Chicago? I when I'm there, I really want to. I guess it, 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 a couple things are in the air right now. I have been applying to like apprenticeships and internships and things like that all over the country. So pretty soon I'm going to start getting those applications back mm-hmm. and that might change things as to where I go. Yeah. Um, but depending on whether or not, if I like the stuff that I do in New Jersey, I'm going to maybe try and get a job in Chicago in arts administration, mm-hmm. which would be really cool if I can swing it. And then at the same time, I really want to be like, I want to, I want to start doing stand up again. 
I want to take improv classes. I want yeah. to. Second city, baby. Second city. <laughs> I've missed improv so much. Oh my God, me too. I, my team. I just want to be silly with a bunch of other people. I know, and have it be acceptable. Right. If I do it on the subway now, everybody's like, what the fuck? But it's like, you can do it with your friends at home, but it's not the same. It's not. And then to have like the, the affirmation of a show. <laughs> Like that open mic that we went to, I have never been more irritated in my life than that open mic. And it just did not scratch the itch. Yeah. But I want to, I want like that avenue of performance, that like validation, give me feedback. <laughs> feed me, Seymour, feed me. All you strangers are going to love me. <laughs> I want to have it. And I feel that for me, that's <laughs> when I did speech. I, I will toot my own horn a little bit. I was pretty good. Yeah. And I had a fam club. <laughs> oh my God. I had Am like. I, find this somewhere? I don't, it wasn't like a real fan club, but it was just like people would see that they had. I heard, I used to hear people be like, fuck, I'm around with Alex Church. <laughs> like, shit. Honestly, that ego boost is so good. Like, I've done like. It is like, heroin. <laughs> it is crack cocaine. <laughs> Like, I love when somebody's like, fuck, I have to go after Emma. Like, yes. I'm like, fuck, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, dumb bitch. I'm going to ruin them. Good luck. <laughs> I'll beat you up in the locker room. <laughs> but it's like, it's such a, it's such a boost. And it's something I crave. And like. <laughs> Content warning. Content warning. <laughs> after, uh. The, the rest of this gets pretty, pretty graphic and, and sexual. Uh, so if you're not down, leave now. Otherwise, please enjoy the following stories. Lady in the... Oh, you want to talk about tramps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have not had a positive sexual experience. Oh, I'm happy to return to this. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm curious. <laughs> um, I... Uh, uh, so I, in May, last May, I got dumped Yeah. by like somebody I'd been dating for a couple months. And then- I didn't know you were dating someone. I, see, it was so short. Like yeah. <laughs> it was actually, I think it was in June. It might've been in June. So maybe not over a year, but that was like positive, like everything was great there. And then we just uh, ended. He just decided he didn't want to anymore. And I was like, that sucks, but okay. You're a <laughs> I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> I'm better off without you. <laughs> I'm gonna be a better person. I'm gonna move to Chicago. <laughs> where people will treat me right. <laughs> and so that happened. And then it was the pandemic and I was like nervous. So I didn't have sex for a long time. And then finally I... <laughs> I... um. <laughs> My my roommate's friend and I, uh, and I was like a little drunk, and was like, you know what? Fuck it. He's flirting with me. Fine, we'll do it. Awful, awful. <laughs> it was one of those times where I was like, I the moment it started, I was like, I don't want to do this. Oh no! It was instantaneous. <laughs> That's always so bad. When you're like, maybe this will be good. I think I can convince myself this will be good. I can just lie to myself. <laughs> If I just keep if I keep smiling, it'll happen. I'm just like really lonely, so I'm sure any human contact will be good. Just touch in general will really just wet my whistle. But, but no, that whistle was dry. Yeah. It was dry as a bone. My whistle. Whistle. 
And um, yeah, we didn't. Uh, it was one of those situations where like I was having a bad time, but I was not forthright in my communication. Yeah. But at the same time was like throwing out signals like, hey, hey, maybe we could stop. Maybe we could be done. And he just was not picking up on it. Um, so that was bad. Yeah. And then a couple months later, no, this is bad. <laughs> I'm really excited for the internet. I'm really excited for the internet to hear this story. <laughs> I was uh, I was fornicating, fornicating with a gentleman, um, and then uh, he, he, we were fucking, and immediately I was like, something's wrong, <laughs> something's wrong, something's bad, and uh, I I started like. <laughs> I started to sniff the air a little bit, and I was like, "Oh, something's uh, some, something's bad here. <laughs> we're going, we're going stale." <laughs> and then I was like, "You know what? Maybe if I just play along, maybe if I just like go with it, like nothing's gonna happen." And then we keep going for a little bit, and I'm like, "I'm putting out all the stops. I'm trying to do whatever I can auditorily to cover the sound." I'm like, "Uh." uh, uh. <laughs> You know how you moan. Uh, a literal barn animal. I'm like a cow giving birth. I'm like the the like tractor cows from the movie Cars, where they rev their engine and they go. Uh. That's a reference that I needed right now. Okay, go on. But that sound is me getting railed in the bussy. And then a couple minutes in, he's like, I'm sorry, I gotta stop. It just, it smells so bad. And I was like, yep, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and I go to the bathroom and I'm like, okay, maybe I could salvage this. And I look, I'm like fully nude in this man's bathroom. And I like turn around to grab a paper towel and I see on my back a brown paw print <laughs> on my back. And he has, like, a handprint of shit on my back. And I audibly gasp in this man's restroom. And I hear him in the hallway go, yep. And so then I, like, wash myself up. And I'm like, okay, okay. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna. Okay, we're fine. We're fine. Maybe we can salvage this. Maybe it'll just we'll just each wash up and then we can like pick up where we left off. And I get back out there. He is sitting on the couch fully dressed. <laughs> and we were at his apartment, so he's like, Are you okay? Are we done? Yeah, we're done. And he like kicks me out. And I was like, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and I sent him a message later being like, hey, so obviously that was an oopsie poopsie whoopsie doopsie. <laughs> Emphasis on poopsie. It's literal as I can be. <laughs> I have never had that happen before. I'm so sorry, sir. And he was like, haha, it's fine. And then did not talk to me ever again. And then I had to, a couple weeks later, I just got like a random STI test, like yeah. just for fun. And uh, so I got, okay, so here's one of the things. I got one of the at-home kits. I just ordered it off of like an Instagram ad. Yeah. And <laughs> you're weeping. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This is the most fun I've had. <laughs> Hearing about my misfortunes. And so you have to like, you have to like get a little blood sample. You have to like swab the back of your throat. And then the other one, cause I had had anal sex, you have to do like a rectal swab. Um, and so that involves shoving a Q-tip up your pooter, swirling it around. 
then you have to put it in a little test tube and mail it away. And so I'm, I like, I do the other two and I'm like, okay, time for the moment of truth. I'm in a deep squat in my restroom, shoving a Q-tip up my pooter and I pull it out and it's like a regular Q-tip. Like it's, there's nothing super special about it. I pull out the Q-tip and I look at it and the Q-tip part is gone. <laughs> the cotton part <laughs> has stayed. It's taken up a short residency. <laughs> I got an internship <laughs> in my asshole. And so I go, oh! <laughs> I'll be damned. <laughs> and I put it into the test tube and I'm like, okay, let's hope that that is good enough. And then have to proceed to go back into a deep squat and go elbow deep in my hole to fish out this cotton swab. <laughs> and it makes me so happy to know that my that I'm that tight. <laughs> That I am that tight that I could rip the cotton off of a cotton swab. The best part is, the best part is, um, I had chlamydia. <laughs> so not only, not only did I shit on this man, not only did the Q-tip come out in my hole, but he also gave me chlamydia. Alex, the delivery of the story <laughs> was a present equal to that of Santa Claus coming himself on Christmas. <laughs> I'm happy to give you that gift. Oh my god, I need to get an STD test. <laughs> you haven't had one in a while? No. Let me tell you, the feeling when I saw that result, not only was my jaw on the floor, but I immediately went into the fetal position. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I've read about this a lot is that like your first STI, you're like, you feel so dirty. Yeah. You feel disgusting. You feel like everything about I you. Like I wouldn't. I feel like I'd just be like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> you're like, you know what? You're right. I am a whore. Yeah. This is loud. I shouldn't have had unprotected sex with this person. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I shouldn't have had seven men cream pie me <laughs> underneath the New Jersey turnpike. Yeah.